0: Smarties, Steph and I are really excited for you to hear this episode. Today, we welcome Annie, who is a client from CAP Educational Therapy Group. She's been my client for over a year. And today, Annie will impressively deep dive into her own learning profile, thoughtfully talking about her educational therapy journey. She talks about how her ADHD has impacted her ability to function, how she needed to work on executive functioning. And how she has grown through ed therapy. She also discusses her deep understanding of how her ADHD manifests itself and why that was so impactful for her. Procrastination, avoidance, lying, the importance of auditing her own portal, self-advocacy, and time management. She impressively catalogs her own growth and thoughtfully talks about her experience in this client success story episode. So we're so excited for you to hear this episode. If you have not heard the other success stories, be sure to go to our website, which is www.learnsmarterpodcast.com and click on the series so that you can go back and listen to other clients from our practices. While you're there, go ahead and sign up for our email list and you'll get freebies and behind the scenes stories and all sorts of cool stuff in your inbox every week. Now let's dig in.
1: You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast.
2: Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 179 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. Today, we are really happy to welcome Annie from Cap Educational Therapy Group who's a client
0: there, to the podcast. Hi, Annie. Hi. Welcome. Thanks for doing this, Annie. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. Okay. Let's give our audience a little bit of info about you.
1: I'm Annie. I'm 16. I'm going to be a junior next year. Just found out I had ADHD when I was in seventh grade. And from there, I started a therapy with New people every month, probably. <laughs> um, didn't work for me. They did not help me organize my work. It was more like tutoring rather than therapy, which is what I needed. Mm. I needed executive functioning help. I didn't realize that until I started CAF cath- Ed therapy. That's when I was like, oh my God, I actually know what kind of ADHD I have and why I'm not turning in my homework. Now I can do my homework and start it and finish it and turn it in.
2: I bet that feels so good. Yeah. And who likes homework, (laughs) but the fact that you're not struggling on top of it.
1: The pressing hand in, being done with the work is so nice now because you actually did it.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: You started it, finished it, and you can turn it in.
0: Right. Because homework and assignments are not finished until they're in the teacher's hands, right?
1: Yes. They are not finished until the teacher has acknowledged that they have received them.
0: Correct. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear you say that. So we should say we work together. Yes. I very distinctly remember our first session. So I'm curious what you remember about it, but I will say we started in March of 2020. So the world was a little bit crazy nutty at that time. But what do you remember about that first meeting?
1: Well, I knew I was really nervous. Another person. A new ed therapist. Uh-huh. But then it was like, Rachel described to me every type of ADHD that there was in the whole wide world. And it was exactly how I always felt, but just didn't know how to put it into words. Mm. You probably just avoid your homework and just don't turn it in. But you know you can do it, but you just don't do it. That's how it's actually supposed to be said. Instead of like, I just don't do my homework. Right. And so then I finally understood what was going on in my brain. I didn't feel like I was talking to myself about all of it. I was actually having a conversation about my ADHD with someone.
0: That's what I remember too, from that first session was I asked you something and I'm like, okay, what do you understand about it? You had a lot of very typical answers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, but there's so many more things going on. And so It was like, has anybody explained this to you? And you're like, not really. And I remember walking you through all the different types and talking to you about what I understood your ADHD to be based off conversations I had had with your mom and stuff. And it was a good first session for me too, because it was fun to get to explain it to you. But I also was observing, it was sort of removing a stigma for you and also removing some shame for you about it this has nothing to do with your intelligence Mm -hmm. this has nothing to do with laziness you're not trying to not do things this is exactly the type of stuff that you need to work on and then your mom very sweetly followed up that session saying like annie felt so understood but she felt really understood
1: well because she's never been able to talk to me about it really and understand actually what I'm going through. She kind of does, but she's as clueless as I was Mm. about how to describe it and how to understand it. Yeah. And so it was like talking to myself about my ADHD, but then it was like talking to an expert, actually ask questions. And you were just telling me stuff about myself. I just met you and you already knew all this stuff about me. Right. (laughs) So this is the kind of ADHD I have. This is what different aspects of my ADHD are. I really need to focus on my executive functioning. And I was able to like say that to my mom. I had never been able to do that before. I was just like, yeah, I have ADHD. And that's it.
0: And school is hard.
1: Mm. And yeah, I hate doing homework. That's it.
0: Yeah. And it was so much more layered than that. Yeah. So if someone were to ask you now about your ADHD? How would you describe it to someone who doesn't know?
1: It's hard for me to focus in class and focus on assignments and also focus on organizing myself. Like I can't function in a step-by-step way. It's more of step one, step six, step four, step five, super random. Yes. And I needed a actual list that I could follow. That wasn't like an actual list, but was something that I could do every time I got a new homework assignment, something I could do every time I had a new piece of work to do to get me on the right track to actually doing it. And so that's what I needed. And I didn't know that because all I was getting was like, you're super unorganized. We're going to help you organize your backpack. I don't need help organizing my backpack. My backpack's clean. Mm -hmm. I just need help knowing how to do it myself every single time
0: giving you your systems.
1: Yeah. I need systems. I'm not a super loud ADHD person. I don't have the hyperactive part of it. It's more ADD.
0: You have the inattentive type. Yeah. Which allows you to pay attention to the things that are pleasurable to you.
1: Yeah. Selective hearing is a big thing. <laughs>
0: yes. Well said. Her metacognition, metacognition is a fancy word for like your ability to think about thinking, also a deep understanding of yourself, has vastly improved over our work together, for sure. You have a much more profound understanding of who you are and how it sort of manifests. Which is
2: amazing. So you said you didn't know that you needed organization. But what did you go in thinking you needed? Or what goals did you feel like you came out Going, oh, okay, that makes sense now.
1: I had no idea because I tried a bunch of things. Like I had a physical planner with my last ed therapist. That She had me have a physical planner, write out everything, and it just wasn't clicking. And so I thought that that was going to happen again. And I didn't really want that to happen again because it just wasn't working. That's why I stopped working with her. Then it was like, no, you're going to have a step-by-step of what to do, but it's going to be all on my computer. Everything that I need to do when I get a homework assignment and what I thought was going to happen was like, you're going to need your physical planner and you're going to need all this other stuff and all of this other stuff. And it was going to be like a whole other mess for me to organize in my brain and for me to understand. And I didn't really have like any like goals going into it necessarily. I was kind of just like,
2: do whatever you want, because I didn't really understand what was going on. I didn't know what would help me. Did you know that you needed help? Yes. For sure. That's important because not everybody knows. I think I knew that I needed help because I had like F's in English.
1: But every time I turned in a piece of work, I was getting A's and B pluses. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. bad at English. I wasn't getting F's because of the work I was turning in.
2: You were getting F's because of the work you weren't turning in. Exactly. I knew I needed help
1: figuring out how to turn in work and like just do it. But I didn't know how that it was going to
0: happen.
2: Yeah, Fair. There's a lot of things that we go into life. We don't know what it's going to look like until we learn
0: how to do it, right? So that's completely fair. I would love for you to talk a little bit about how we organized you and what that experience was like for you.
1: Because our first session was just figuring out my ADHD and how that worked. And then the second session, it was like, okay, this is Google. This is what Google Chrome looks like.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You're going to log in to your basic Gmail account where you get all the spam emails from when you order stuff online Mm -hmm. and that's going to be your basic gmail account and then you also have your school account so what we're going to do is we're going to organize it so you have a calendar that's just your personal gmail and then a calendar that's all of your school stuff and you just explained to me how to use google calendar in a way that helped my brain remember things and find things help my brain like know where to look for things
0: How to use it in a functional way, right? And also I should add that in your case, both your calendars talk to each other. So you could update it either your personal or your school. And then also we made sure it was available to you on your phone as well.
1: It was everywhere because I had always had physical planners. That's what all the other ed therapists had given me. And that's what my mom uses too. The first thing you said was like, You just need one thing and it's going to update everywhere. So you don't have to cross the same thing out multiple times or write the same thing down multiple times. Then you have to remember that you have to write it down multiple places.
0: We went through everything that needed to be on your calendar, right? Yeah. And so school events, I gave you the calendar checklist, which we've developed on the podcast. And also you're very tech savvy and you were very open and amenable I think you liked that it was digital too, because we could automate things.
1: The fact that I was able to like copy and paste directly from my portal and I didn't have to remember anything. I think I have a great memory, but then when I need it, it fails me completely. Mm. Like, I think that I could just remember that my teacher told me that I work and then go back home, write it down in my planner, but I can't do that. That doesn't happen. Me being able to copy and paste directly what my teacher wrote on the homework assignment and putting that in my calendar so that I know this is what I have to do.
0: Putting it in your calendar on the day that it was due, teaching you to sort of forward plan and look ahead, right?
1: And to know this is what I have due on this day. So I have to do all this stuff before. Instead of thinking, this is what I have due on this day. So I'm going to do that that day or after that day hmm mm-hmm. More likely. Because <laughs> I was putting stuff on the day that it was assigned rather than the day that it was due. So it looked like I had so much stuff to do that day. So I was getting scared and not doing it. And said, now I have three days to do this. Get a good start on it. And then you also have other stuff to do. So you can do the other stuff. But you still have three days to do that big assignment.
0: I agree. I also think it was an interesting time in the world because all you really had going on at that particular moment was school. All the other activities had sort of stopped. So you were able to sort of learn how to manage your workload. And then as activities and stuff started slowly picking up for you, you were already used to sort of planning ahead.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because I wasn't doing any sports or school activities because the whole world was closed. So I was just focused on school and organizing that like when volleyball picked up or like other things picked up and I was able to go to stuff. I was able to think about what time breaks I needed and things like that.
2: Cause then I knew how to do it.
0: Yeah. And we would also get very honest about likelihood of you actually doing it and not doing it.
2: Yeah. Let's talk about some avoidance.
1: I avoid everything. If I can avoid it, I will avoid till the day I die. Literally. I love avoiding stuff. It gives me the most stress ever in the world. I'm going to turn into like an old person with my wrinkles in my face. But if an assignment looks a little bit difficult at all, I won't even start it. Or I'll like start it in class, get a good start on it. The class ends. I'll never look at that assignment again. I will never, ever look at it again. Because I just know like it's going to be so hard to do that assignment. And it's like, why? why is it going to be so hard? Why do you have to avoid it? But my brain is like, you have to avoid it because you can't do it. You physically can't do it. You just can't.
2: So tell us a little bit about that. When you're saying to yourself, I can't do it. So I'm not going to, what does that lead to for you? Did you start to believe that?
1: What I would tell myself all the time is like, you can't do this assignment. You can't write an essay. You can't do this easy math homework. That's like addition. Like what? My brain would just tell me that and I would believe it. It would be like second nature to me is like, don't do it. You can't do it. Like it's impossible for you to do it. And so I wouldn't do it. And then I would have Fs in every single class. And I wouldn't look at that and be like, that's weird. I'm actually kind of smart. I would look at that and be like, that accurately reflects
0: my intelligence. That's what I would think when I look at all of that.
2: Self-fulfilling prophecy.
0: How is that piece different now? Is it different now? And what has sort of helped you push through the procrastination and avoidance?
1: I think it definitely is different now because I have a step-by-step plan of like how I'm going to get everything done.
0: Like for writing assignments,
1: you know, you have to copy and paste the outline into the direct document that you're writing it in. Like, you know, you have to do all this stuff. And now I know that I can That's the simplest way to get words on the paper. And then once I start getting words on the paper, I start getting essays and I start writing actual things. And like everything becomes easier. Knowing that you can do that is a big step. Having sessions after school and having Rachel be like, I'm going to wait here. You're going to copy and paste the outline into the document. And I'm going to wait here for you to do that. And you're going to let me know (laughs) when it's done. And then I'm going to go check and see that it's done. <laughs> she didn't even trust me. She was like, nope, I'm <laughs> going to check myself.
2: I think that we need to be clear. And we sort of discuss this before we press record about how you made up stories and you started to believe them yourself. Yeah.
0: And I was believing them.
2: Because I'm a really good liar.
1: I would believe what I was telling myself. Like, You already did this assignment. What are you talking about? You did this in class.
0: It's almost done. Yeah, it's almost done. You haven't even
1: opened the document. It's not almost done. But like my brain was like, it's almost done. So it's almost done. It's almost done.
0: So I don't want to jump too ahead in your story, but at the end of the year last year, because we started working together sort of mid-semester, there was like a long list of missing assignments that you just had to bust through, right? That didn't happen this year. And finals were a much more pleasant experience. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so happy how they went was,
0: <laughs> And we should say we're recording this in June of 2021. There's that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's coming out later, but as a learner in my practice and a learner that I worked with have taught me a lot about how to sort of respond to the. I don't like calling it lying because it's so negative.
1: Not truth-telling.
0: Not truth-telling. Well, I think it's stories you tell yourself. Absolutely.
2: I think you told yourself a story, and it's so easy to believe that story. And I feel like lying is one of those intentional acts. And I think stories you tell yourself... So unintentional.
0: That's what I really had to learn with you because... You really taught me how profoundly you were believing what was going on because you and I, maybe five months ago, four months ago, had like a come to Jesus moment about this. And we sort of had to recalibrate. Yeah. And I had to learn and Steph helped me with this too. I had to learn. I was taking it very personally because you and I had such a good relationship.
1: I started crying about this. This was like such an emotional time. I don't even mean to be lying to you. I have been doing this my entire life. Like it's just a second nature. Like I do it every time I am feeling unconfident about something that I've done. I'll make up a story about it to feel more confident about it. And then I'll believe that story and tell everyone.
2: This is Brene Brown right now. Brene Brown talks about telling yourself a story. Like if somebody doesn't call you back, you might sit there and think, are they mad at me? Did I do something? Oh, they must've been mad because X, Y, Z.
0: You're telling yourself a whole story. You've written a whole story about it.
2: Exactly. And that person left their phone at home. And that was the only reason why they didn't call you back.
0: She's a researcher, I believe at the University of Houston. She's very popular with the Oprah people. We've seen her in person. We went to UCLA probably right before the pandemic. And then she has a special on Netflix. And we were there when it was being recorded. So like an hour, it's totally worth your time, Amy.
2: I do
1: that literally all the time. Like I'll think that about my mom. I'll think my mom is like trying to avoid me, like doesn't like me. It's my mom. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll make up a story. Her phone is just in her office at home and she's at tennis, like something like that. And it's like- exactly. She doesn't hate you. She just is forgetful sometimes and left her phone at home.
0: Right. Can we go back to the story for a second? First of all, yes. What sort of the takeaway from like that recalibrating moment that we had was like I had to remove my own ego from what was going on with you. I had to give you very very strict guidelines. And basically say, like, I'm going to operate from a place of, like, assuming you're lying to me Mm -hmm. about stuff. And that's why I go and check now. And even as recently as, like, a couple weeks ago, you're like, oh, I haven't started this. (laughs) And you had said you had. I'm like, "Mm, let's show me. And and then we would figure it out. And sort of just anticipate that it may or may not be true. But also factor in the fact that around this time like mental health stuff for you was something that was also simultaneously happening and that that should have been cuz you're always upfront about it and that should have been something that i took note of as the person working with you of being like i got to pay extra close attention during this period of time right
1: yeah when i was going through like some mental health stuff that's when the lying really increased even if my workload was less I didn't want to have to think about school and my brain and like my feelings and stuff so I was lying to not think about that
0: and because I was aware of the mental health stuff going on that was a way for me to clue in that I needed to pay even closer attention to what was going on with you and kind of help you stay accountable and on track yeah because you appreciate that sort of containment right
1: Yeah. Okay. I don't appreciate it. Like I would hate it if someone did that to me right now, but when it happens, I need that. Like last year during finals, I needed to not have my phone for two weeks. I needed my parents to yell at me and me to be crying and doing my work, but I got all my work done and I didn't end with like a single C. I had B's and A's and that's pretty good for doing all my work last minute.
2: Not to mention, let's also fast forward because you just said, did that same scenario happen this last time with finals? No. I want you to think big picture as well about that and how you had to go through that in that moment just to get those grades, yes, and to finish ninth grade, but also to help you learn how to do it for 10th grade and then next year when it's really important.
0: Yeah. Do you remember me telling you this won't happen again? Yeah, you're like, this is the only time it's going to happen. Yeah.
1: Don't worry. Like, we're just going to make it super difficult for you and super annoying for you this time because it's never going to happen again.
0: I feel like a big component of this is how your parents respond to you because you've spoken a lot about them. I've spoken about them, I think, in this episode. And I've told them this directly, so this is nothing new. And I've told you I feel this way. For the most part, the consequences are very clear in your house. Like you're behind on an assignment, the phone goes. And I don't know, I'm never there for the phone handoff, but I know that it is followed through and it happens. So I don't know how you respond about that. But what I will say is that your parents, I've never seen them be punitive of your ADHD.
1: Yeah, they don't do that. They know that that's like not the right thing to do. They know that it's just not going to help in any way. I mean, even if they want to at that moment in time, I mean, they don't want to, but. Like, I don't know, like you just can't focus on things. Like you're just not smart.
0: They're never punitive about it, but it's, hey, this is going to get done before X, Y, and Z and they follow through. Yeah, What it's done in terms of the collaboration that I've had with them is that I feel like my collaboration with them has been incredibly successful because I trust them.
1: My parents are like the most trustworthy people. And then me coming out of that is like, So surprising.
0: No, but they understand you is my point.
1: Yeah, true, true, true. They do.
0: And we include them sometimes in a way to help keep you on track that is unique amongst the clients that I work with. Yeah.
1: Like I'll just send them an email. When school was going on and I was like a little bit behind on something or not even behind and just needed to get ahead because I had a...
0: Rachel wasn't happy with... Rachel wasn't happy
1: (laughs) with what I have accomplished because I didn't accomplish anything or something like that. Right. When Rachel wasn't happy, I sent an email to my parents and it would just be like, English assignment. I need to put outline in the document and write three ideas under each bullet point. Mm -hmm. Like I would write out what I needed to get done. So that my parents knew what I needed to get done. And then they could just check in on me and say, like, did the English thing happen? Like, let me just look at the... Because I hate it when people read my work. That's, like, the most annoying thing ever to me. Because it's like, then there's more judgment and there's more opportunity for
0: judgment. And I hate judgment. Yeah,
2: I don't like it either.
1: It's like, what? No, please
0: don't judge me. They were checking for completion, not quality.
1: Yeah, and I didn't realize that until... I was actually like just showing them what I was doing. And they were like, I have no idea what this assignment is about. Like, cause I would talk to them about like what I had written and they would be like, what, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> right. They didn't need to know the nuances.
1: And I was like, oh, you actually did not read what I wrote. You just saw that I had notes.
0: Yeah. I was checking for the qualitative stuff sometimes, but it just made it such a pleasure to work with your family and with you, because if we had to bring your parents in, you were not explosive about it ever. And other clients sometimes half are explosive about it, but that was never you. And it's because of the way they responded.
1: Yeah. Cause they wanted me to get better. They still do. They think that it's not something that is never going to happen. They think I will be able to turn to my work and do it successfully without any kind of help. They think that I am capable of that. So they are going to do whatever they can to make that happen. Because they know, like, you need help until you don't. And I still
0: need help right now. You need accountability. I need accountability. More than help.
1: Yeah, I don't need help. Like, I know how to do my work, but I need support. I need someone to be there and be like, you actually did this work. You actually did good work. So you can turn that in.
0: Yeah. I would love to sort of shift the conversation a little bit, you know, it may feel unique to you, but amongst the clients that we work with, like this is a very common story, everything we're talking about today, but I would love for you to talk a little bit about how we've gone about auditing your portal and using your portal.
1: At the beginning, before she knew that I was a big fat liar, we would look at the upcoming events and you would copy and paste those and put them on the day that they were due. We'd copy and paste those into the calendar, and then we would go by each class and look at all the assignments that had ever been assigned and make sure that they had a little green check. And this was before she knew I was a little bit of a liar.
0: What happened after?
1: After, she would have to go to view work and then see that I actually did the assignment.
0: And there were times, undoubtedly recently that there would be a little green check mark
1: and there would not be any work
0: i'm like oh you just uploaded the blank assignment (laughs) and or you missed a huge chunk and all that so and then how has it sort of shifted over time
1: i think now i'm scared that you're actually going to see my work so then i'm like doing it (laughs) (laughs)
0: okay okay and then who's also controlling the screen
1: Oh, me. yeah, so my zoom was broken for a bit. Right? I did do this before I was doing it in front of Rachel. Like I would go through my portal and do exactly what she did. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I would choose to avoid seeing stuff that like I was missing all the time, all the time. But I was able to uh, like know where everything was and be like, "You didn't actually do this. Write this down on your secret list like. So, that you know that you have to do this. Like,
0: this is the first I'm hearing about a secret list, but okay.
1: (laughs) I don't have a secret list. What are you talking about? No, but like, I have like a list in the back of my head of like, okay, you have a missing assignment. And you know you have a missing assignment, but you don't know what it is. Like, the weight in the back of your head.
2: Yes. You always
1: know that it's there. And even if you're lying to yourself, and right now I have that weight in the back of my head. I'm done with school, I have all my assignments in. I don't have any missing assignments, but it's always there. And it's just like, okay, you actually need to look for a missing assignment because you have one.
0: could sort of expand the metaphor. You always have things you need to do. Yeah. So it's not necessarily something that you're getting graded on, but there's still always a checklist.
1: Yeah. The task list is always full. I know. We never don't have any tasks to do because either it's like, wait for a response from this email or email this person or... Review this. It's always something.
0: I'm so glad you brought up the email stuff. Can you talk a little bit about your journey with like self advocacy and talking to teachers? Yeah.
1: So I hate talking to teachers. I did not do that until this year. And so I've had teachers that I've had before, and they've like come up to me and been like, wow, you're really advocating for yourself, emailing me when you need help on assignments. Before you didn't do that, your teachers are there for you to help you. I realized that my teachers are actually going to respond with good information.
0: That they're people.
1: People are people. Like everybody is a person. I forgot that my mom was a person with feelings for so long.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's very normal for children.
1: Well, I know that. But like same with teachers. You don't know that they're actual people that want you to succeed. They see that you're growing in class and they want you to succeed. So I was able to say like, hey, like I'm having trouble with this
2: homework assignment. Yeah. And I was going to add, a lot of them are probably somebody else's mom.
0: There's still human beings who go to the grocery store and have a life outside of... It's weird, but it's totally...
1: I think I just completely forgot that for the beginning part of my life. And now I started to take advantage of the fact that they will respond with an email. And whether that is like, sorry, I'm not allowed to help you on this one. Or it's like, oh, this is a way to start it. Or something super helpful. Or like, you can get an extension on this assignment because you emailed me two days in advance. Some things like that. It's like, oh, it's actually helping me that I emailed them. And it's a super quick thing. Like just literally Google Gmail writes the emails for you basically. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> You're right.
1: In the beginning, you don't have to write. Hi, Rachel. You just have to say like arrow.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Which brings me to an important question. We had talked about for maybe two months, like, These flexible deadlines were not serving you. Your school was so understanding, very quick to be okay with a flexible deadline. And I was feeling like you were taking advantage of that, knowing that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew that I was there. I knew that my teachers didn't take off points for missing assignments. Like if I turned it in six months late, I was still going to get an average grade for it. And so I was taking so much advantage of that in English, she didn't take off points for missing assignments. Obviously it took off points in the grade book, but then when she put it in and I turned it in, there weren't any missing points. Like you turned it, this in like two months late.
0: There were no consequences,
1: no consequences whatsoever. And so I was definitely taking advantage of that. And I, the classes that did take off points, I was doing those first and like focusing on those because that's the ones that mattered. Yeah. And then I focused on the other ones later. My future self. I don't, there's a future Annie that will get all of this stuff.
0: You have no idea. (laughs) Is Steph and I talking about future Rachel and future Steph all the time? Future
1: Annie is a superhero. She can do anything she wants.
0: Yeah, she is.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh, amazing. So what did we do?
1: So we emailed my dean of students this was a really bad moment in my learning career that I forgot to save the draft. And so we lost my entire draft. Oh yeah. That was a bad moment. And it was such a good email. It was such a good email and it was totally my bad because I just (laughs) forgot how to use Gmail for a second. All you have to do is click save draft, but okay. Wrote an email to my Dean and we were like, Hey, like, does this email work? And it was basically an email just saying like, I so appreciate all of your flexible deadlines. Like, Thank you for letting me turn in and work six months late, but I don't want to be taking advantage of that anymore. Like I can't be taking advantage of that anymore. And I want you guys to not accept work if it's past the deadline and I did not ask for an extension 24 hours or more in advance. Whatever your guidelines are and then past the due date, do not accept it. And I guess, I mean, some teachers still did. Yes. And totally, I'm like, okay, thank you for doing that. But some teachers were like, I'm going to take off points. Like, I'm going to do that. You told me to do that. So I'm going to do it.
0: It was a big turning point for you.
1: I appreciated
2: that. Annie, that's really impressive.
1: It was a big push by Rachel. And I think just doing it helped me like realize that I have to do work now. Like, Like, you sent this email to your teachers and they all responded to you saying like, oh, we love you advocating for yourself. And like, yes, we will try to do that in the future of like, not accepting assignments after the due date and like taking points off for late assignments. And so I knew that they all knew that I wrote that email and that they were going to try to do it. And so having that in the back of my head was like, you have to do all of your work before it's due.
0: You were doing all of your work anyway. It was just piling up and stressing you out.
1: Yeah. I was starting all of my work, not finishing it.
0: Mm. Yes. And so this was just a matter of me, Pushing you to push assignments faster, so we could stop talking about them sooner.
1: That's the thing. It's like I was like spending way too much time on five point assignments. Why do we need to talk about five point assignments? They should just be five point assignments that I get done. Yes,
0: that one assignment that you had in one of your class that was five to seven sentences every week that we had to talk about every week,
1: every single time, and I just couldn't do it. And it was in history. One of my favorite classes.
0: You liked that class.
1: Yeah. And I just couldn't do it because I was like, it's not graded. I don't need to do it. He didn't grade those assignments. So I just didn't do them. And so they were in the back of my head. And so every week, and it was five to seven sentences.
0: It would frustrate me, right?
1: You would just be like,
0: oh my God. (laughs) 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 Like,
1: are you kidding me? (laughs) Like this is five to seven sentences about something that you literally can copy and paste from like what you did in class.
2: Yeah,
0: you knew the answers.
2: Okay, let's talk about one of the big things that happens with ADHD is sense of time, being time blind. Yeah. What's your experience with that?
1: I have no idea how much time has passed even when we're filming this podcast.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm so confused about time because I will think that an assignment will take me 10 minutes, it will end up taking me 30 minutes or more. When do you start it? When do you finish it? Like, I don't do that. I don't think about that. So I will spend 30 minutes on an assignment that I could have spent 10 minutes on, or I will think I can spend only 10 minutes on an assignment that I need 30 minutes for. And so my brain just is like, it's five to seven sentences, but that might take me 15 minutes. But it takes me five minutes to write five to seven sentences. It's literally like a sentence every 30 seconds. The rest of it is just reading through stuff.
2: So now that you know that, how are you approaching it? I now have
1: like a guide for how much time each thing takes me for like each class. So like an essay, it's not going to take me 15 minutes. I don't know why. I used to think that like doing outlines for essays would take me like 15 minutes. Like that is not going to be that short. And I do get unfocused pretty easily. And so I need to account for that. Like I need to like make sure I create like enough time for me to get all this done and be honest about it, about getting it done. And so I think I just didn't know.
2: Do you have a list somewhere or you just know now? I, so in task.
1: this is like a new feature too well, I don't know if it's a new feature or if we just found out about it in the task list in Google calendar, you can add like in details, like 15 minutes, like this will take me 15 minutes or this will take me 30 minutes. I know how much time an assignment will take me because Rachel was like, I'm going to set a 20 minute timer. You're going to do this assignment and you're going to let me know when you're done. And she was like, this assignment is probably going to be a 10 minute assignment, but I'm going to set a 20 minute timer and I'm going to let you take 20 minutes. I didn't actually need 20 minutes. When I was done, I said done, and it was like 15 minutes. And so I knew for those assignments, it was going to take me about 15 minutes. I didn't need 20 minutes, which is what I was like saying or whatever it was.
0: You gave a really good answer to that question and that, that your awareness of your own time has shifted as we've done more things to sort of build up your awareness will say, I think you're a lot more accurate. Like, cause I'm looking at the task list that you're making. And if something doesn't look right, I would say something I'd be like, that's completely unrealistic or it's never going to take you that long, but that I pretty much let you handle on your own. I really don't get involved with that anymore because you're generally predicting what I think is going to be accurate.
1: Yeah. I think I just needed to like
0: learn it. Yeah. And this is so common for kids with ADHD.
2: I'm just curious. The fact that you are willing to come on and share your story is really an important part of the journey for you. And for a lot of other parents that are listening, a lot of teachers that are listening, understanding where you're coming from, because they all have that student. I would love to hear what would you tell other kids experiencing the same thing?
1: Okay, this is literally the only thing I've written down in my notes for this is do your work. (laughs) I mean, and asking for help. The thing is, is that you need to be honest with yourself about what is going on. Deep down, I always knew that I've had an issue getting my work done. Whether that was like in kindergarten or something, I've always known that I was not doing it the same way as all these other kids that were doing it. Like they were just able to like do it. And I was taking hours on end to start something. But just start it and then ask for help. Like just go up to someone and say, like I'm having trouble getting this done. Can you give me some support? Even just sitting here with me while I'm doing it. If my mom is sitting in the room, I will get the assignment done. I'll have my older sister sit in my room and I'll just do an assignment because she's just sitting in my room and I have that pressure of someone being there. And I feel like That's super helpful.
2: By the way, this is a great life skill because you are going to have these types of situations. They're not going to be homework assignments anymore, but they're going to be other things that you have to do that you're going to want to put off and not want to do because they're not fun. And having a system in place for yourself that you know works is going to be helpful. I think in the past, like something that I hate to do is put laundry away once it's clean.
0: I knew it was going to be the laundry.
2: Okay. So this is one of the things I absolutely hate. And I have no problem doing laundry, but putting it away is like sometimes can be the bane of my existence. So sometimes I will get on the phone and talk to a friend while I'm doing it.
0: I was just reading an article. This is offshoot, but just reading an article about the Aaron friend. And I have so many errand friends of when I'm doing something that I don't want to be doing. Thank goodness for AirPods. because like, you can just take them with you as you're doing an errand.
1: Before we started this, I was on the phone with one of my friends, get, just like washing my face and stuff because I was having like nerves because I was like, my voice, my voice sounds bad. I was like super whatever. And it was just helpful to just like be talking and doing something because then you're not thinking you're doing too many things to be thinking. I don't know how to explain it, but.
0: The Aaron friend.
1: That's the best. Yeah. (laughs) But I really do. I think having someone in the room with you, like with a tutor, I just got a math tutor. Mm -hmm. Out of all my years of math, I've had such good grades in math. And this year I was like, not doing good. And so Rachel was like, you need a math tutor. And just having her there in case I had a question and I usually didn't, I could just be like, hey, like, what's this one? How should I start this one? I would be doing the work because she would be there to help me. So I had like someone.
0: You had backup.
1: Yeah. And so I feel like starting with backup is like the best thing ever because then you can use the backup less.
0: You actually end up knowing more than what you think you knew. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When I'm like having to do an assignment by myself and I don't have backup, it's like, oh, wait, I can actually do that. Like I can actually do it. And also timers. Timers are super helpful. If I say I'm going to get an assignment done in in 15 minutes and it's like a super, like one of these five to seven sentences assignments, just setting a timer and saying you have to write in this amount of time. And it's like a doomsday clock. Literally. I put it up so that I can see the physical timer and it's like on my phone or my iPad or something. (laughs) It's like you have Write a whole entire sentence because there's five seconds left on your timer, and that's probably one of the best sentences I've written in my life. Like those,
2: yeah. See, so you get it done. You get
1: it done, and it makes me feel so much better because then you can like turn it in and be done with it, and like cross it off your list. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing.
2: I'm so impressed with you, Annie. I just want you to know that. Thanks.
0: Well, you need to go back and listen to this episode because I'm so glad for you that you got to mark your own progress and your own growth.
2: So, how about 21 year old Annie? Yeah. We'll go back and be like, wow, that was impressive. And look how far I've come now.
1: But, like, looking back at last year, I had to make and edit an entire Spanish cooking video. And I just didn't do that. I just didn't do it. This year, I was like thinking about it, I was like, I would have already had that done at the beginning of the year. I couldn't remember that that was who I was growth yeah it's just it's so much change so much difference in my life
2: good and you have a smile while you're saying it just everybody can't see it
0: but you are i'm proud of you annie i'm
1: very happy because i haven't had this much change with like any other thing in my life it's just the start it really
0: is i adore you thank you for coming on and doing this
2: of course and thank you for sharing with our audience because i think what you have to say is amazing
0: I think this episode is really going to resonate with so many people. So will you do our signature sign off, which is have a great week, Smarties.
1: Have a great week, Smarties.
0: (laughs) Have a great week. (laughs)
1: Have a great week.